So check this out, man. I've actually finally decided Uh-oh. to stop all the front all right. and go buy go buy a side piece, man. A firearm, sorry. Now, I don't want to say side piece. My wife, my wife would hear this and be like, "What type of oh, shit yeah, are you?" Yeah. Buying? I was like, and I'm thinking to myself, "You better shit on the air. You want to put that out now? We can have this conversation before the motherfucking show. Don't tell us that now, motherfucker. What's wrong? Before the Who are you buying from? I'm I'm buying for you. Press record. Yes, I'm to clarify. I'm buying a gun. I'm not buying booty. I'm buying a gun. This is your first weapon. Is your first weapon it, in the house? Nah, it's not. Remember, I told you I had a shotgun before that I got rid of. Oh yeah, that's that's way back yeah, when you were the game. We're talking about was, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're talking about yeah. now. So this is the first yeah. gun that you've actually Legend had in the home. What did you do yeah. the decision? Uh, you know what? This is gonna be good. It was, it was already something percolating with me, but then I saw <laughs> time for the percolator. I saw I saw <laughs> World War Three about to pop off, and I was like, man, this is about the time, nigga. Let me just go ahead and do this shit right now. <laughs> Vladimir Putin's yeah. gonna send some rooskies over to my house at some point. Let me at least make sure the niggas don't come like so they shooting over there thousands of miles away. Let me go ahead and get a side <laughs> yeah. and yeah. handgun here. Yeah. I'm just it's I, gonna I protect me I from know, the news. I know. It's oh, gonna stop. It's gonna stop dropping bombs on this so hold on, hold on, hold on. She made sense in my head when I said I was going to buy it. I don't know. I know your wife is laughing in her head at you like this motherfucker. It's crazy. <laughs> but now I just, no, honestly, thinking about World War Three happening at this point, I said, wow. Like, really, anything huh. can pop off at any time. When you think, like, I no one really thought about Black I mean, House was supposed to get multiple weapons. Get them, right. get them. We're going oh, to jump. I mean, we're going to jump into that conversation later on in the show. But yeah. it's like you think to yourself, no one thought that Russia was going to invade Ukraine, and then here we are today with that bullshit. So I was like, better to better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. So, so was your wife apprehensive about at all about you getting one? My wife was appreh- apprehensive. She was apprehensive about us getting a, a gun. That is correct. But she has always been ready and willing to go to the to the range to shoot, to learn. So I was like, why would you want to rush to go to the range and shoot because and learn how to she shoot? she lives you with you, want- and it's always a possibility <laughs> that she may need to put a few in you. There was one time she was like, you know, she wants to remain we- a threat. Listen, there was one time, dog, me and my wife. <laughs> have some we have some fucking dark humor sometimes right and she said you know maybe it's about that time for us to get a gun maybe i'm thinking it was like it's possible. Make you think twice, man. Oh, make you and think i looked twice. at her and i looked at her and i was like you want us to get a gun? <laughs> you trying to steve mcnair my ass no fuck that shit you can't get no fucking gun dog <laughs> no oh, gun for you oh man you getting canceled you getting canceled bro oh, listen man. my lizzo shit was bad but you went steve mcnair like that man bro. Steve McNair is in the untouchable range, bro. That was like, I wouldn't have said that. Listen, buddy, I I got that type of shit from you. I I learned everything I'm saying, I learned from you. Damn, my man said Steve McNair. Oh, shit. Yes, drinking? Like, (laughs) bro, listen, what the hell? 
Steve Oh, you going Shut to the hell? Yes, welcome, welcome, welcome. What's up? What's up? What is up? Back once again, it is the Incredible in the Black podcast. And in case you weren't aware, this is a podcast dedicated to covering the current events and social issues going on in your black world and covering it all from the perspective of three grown ass men who never go unstrapped. I am your host, Big O, Mr. In the Black himself. Unstrapped. I'm your host, Big O, Mr. In the Black himself. But you know I can't do this by myself. Crush, say say hello to the people. Uh, I prefer to be disarmed (laughs) than unstrapped of anything. Um, Yeah, I'm currently disarmed. Shut the hell up. Hell, say what's up. <laughs> Are you talking about were you talking about pegging just now? Like what, 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 what are you what are you referring to? Like I don't know I you know I fucking hate you so much because I said unstrapped, you know exactly what I was talking about. And you're talking about pegging. You you said this. If, if you're checking this out on YouTube, make sure you hit that thumbs bu- uh, thumbs up button. Finesse that. It goes a long way. Small gesture. It's free. So you cheap bastards shouldn't have anything to complain mm. about. Hit that subscribe button as well so that you don't miss out on the next episode. And make sure you follow us across social media at In the Black PDCST on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. But do us a favor and come on over to the family. L, tell these folks how they can do that if they want to do that. Man. Hey, man, we are really making a strong push to solidify our space in the independent black media realm. But in order to do that, we really need your assistance. It's really important that you do a couple of things, three to be exact. One, head on over to our website, right? On the website, there's a number of things that you can do. You can listen to episodes, you can buy swag, but we want you to do two things. Either A, donate directly to the independent, I mean, to the In The Black podcast, excuse me. And you can do that dollar sign in the black PDCST via the cash app or which I highly recommend this option. And that's to become a member of our Patreon account. Listen, man, not just simply for the money aspect for us, the goods that you get back from us for your coin. Believe me, it is well worth it. Here's some advice though. If you do become a member of our Patreon, do not listen to the off the cuff segment with your mama around. That's it. Just, just keep it away from your mama. You know, especially if her name is Shirley. Hi, Shirley. Keep it away. <laughs> but yeah, that's how you can. <laughs> Elgin, Elgin, you, you don't want nobody to listen to this show. Like, what the fuck? Man, you know what I like, though? Dude, I like. El- uh, bro, listen, I like how El- I started El- off real El- nice El- and soft. El just started off the show yeah. this week and said we he's, going to, he's coming to your mama's watch. house to get her panties and some shit like that. Like, <laughs> just God, tell your mama you get ready for some adult, you know what I'm saying, vernacular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Adult content. 
Why I mean, the shit that she listens to anyway? I mean, she already is on the shade room. I mean, I don't know why the fuck you be mad at up. I didn't take her over there. She's the one listening to DJ Academics talk about Mick Thee Stallion. It ain't man. That bro, we about to get the hands and feet. <laughs> somebody got to die. Like in the words of the great prophets, Christopher Wallace. No doubt, somebody just, got to die. Yeah, oh my god. god. No bullshit. No bullshit. Way, way, way too far. Now, about to invade him like Russia. You know what I'm saying? Well, you... <laughs> hope he's not. Him. Hope he's not <laughs> unstrapped. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Ock needs to be strapped. Somebody, yeah, yeah, Elgin, I'm, I'm gonna have to send your ass home. <laughs> like, you're the worst. You're the fucking, fucking worst. All right, we're going to we're going to jump into the black box letter for tonight. The black box letter actually is a continuation of a conversation that we had a week, two weeks ago, whatever the case is, really? in our off the cuff segment. I posted About a clip of it on our. Uh, oh, you were talking about the white dude with the nuts? Okay, come on, yeah. <laughs> Phil, you're supposed to help me keep this motherfucking line. That's 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 like that's part of crush. I knew that our people were going to have questions and comments about 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 this, particularly when you posted a picture and video. Yeah, that 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 is physical threats of violence. Um, in the comments section, should be, it should be. You know, there were threats of litigation. There were holy consecrations, crosses, I, and garlic, I, and everything. I, 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 know, there was some, there was some anointing going on up yeah, and down yeah, that yeah, bread. People were calling their priests. I, they called Sean everything uh, but a yeah. child of God. On that, 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 that is that is true. That is yeah, that yeah. is very true. And I but, loved every moment of it. Every moment. Here or eulogy. Here we are. As we had our conversation about this man and his ailment, he has scrotal emphysema, which has caused his nuts to grow to essentially a hundred pounds. Scrotal emphysema. I can't smoking on his nuts. I can't look. So listen. So. This woman smoky balls. Been, if you're watching, shut the fuck up. I'm yeah, trying to tell the story. So if we're having in the conversation we talked about, as you, if you're watching the video, you'll see it. We're talking about his wife, this woman that he married and has been married to for almost 20 years that has been taking care of him during this whole time. And because of his ailment, he has not been able to be intimate with his wife. Not only has he not been able to be intimate with his wife, but also she basically takes care of him, like from head to toe. She bathes him. She cooks for him. She's the only person in the family that works. So, and the question became, do you love your partner enough to be not only the sole provider for that person, but to wait on them hand and foot, essentially, and I don't mean that disparagingly, but to take care of them in every aspect that you can think of, as well as on top of that, not being able to be sexually intimate with that person. Is that something you could possibly do for 20 years? And we got a lot of feedback. There were folks that were saying, it's marriage, 
when you sign up for marriage, it says for better or worse, richer or poor, sickness and health, you need to adhere to it. There were some people that were like, I don't know if I could be her 20 years with all of that stuff. And I gave the example then during our off the cuff segment, and I'll give it again. If your partner happened to end up being a paraplegic, meaning they were paralyzed from the neck down, and you had to take care of this person, how long or how strong is your love before you would possibly call it quits? And I got a bunch of messages and it's interesting because like I said, it really showed where our listeners' minds are. One of our listeners, Jasmine, she was like, I don't think I could do it for 20 years. If I was in her position, I can't say that I would have the strength to do that and I wouldn't blame her for walking away either. I'm not saying that she should, but I'm not saying that I would be able to do it. Another gentleman said, it's all about commitment. I, he, I don't have his real name. I just have his handle. I'm not trying to give his handle out on him. What's his name? <clears throat> but he was like, it's all about commitment. When you get married, you should know that that's what you're signing up for. It's in your vows. It's a shameful thing to think that people wouldn't be able to uphold their vows. And like I said, there were tons and tons of feedback like that. So the question then becomes now, does marriage mean the ultimate sacrifice that you have to give up everything? Because that's essentially what she's doing. This gentleman said that he is trapped in his body and he's made his wife a prisoner along with him. Does marriage mean sacrificing everything for your partner? Who wants to go first? I will. No, it doesn't mean that. No, it, it, it shouldn't mean that. The idea, and I understand what people are. Well, I hear what people are saying. I don't understand what they're saying. The idea of marriage being the ultimate sacrifice I don't think that's fair right I don't think that's what you should be doing I don't think you should be going into marriage looking to give yourself up right I think in my thought process you should be living looking to give a portion of yourself up and to be added to right it should be an exchange there and that for better or worse component I think is subjective and you motherfuckers can take it any way you like, but this idea that no matter the worse you're supposed to remain, remain, I think is insane. I think it's insane because you only use it in context of physical ailments, right? You don't use that same logic and rationale when the motherfucker is acting up when they're not doing what you're supposed to be want them to do when they're outside the lines right when they're coloring outside the box when they have committed adultery or fornicating it ain't worse then then it's oh no it's okay to leave 
So just admit that in this particular situation, you think that you would stay based off of, you know, the fact that you really want to care for this person because of the situation they're in. But don't try to use the for better or worse or this idea that folks ain't really committed to other people because I decide to, in the midst of a relationship, seeing the state of the relationship and me and my mate come to an agreement on the state of the relationship and we together make a decision and a choice for us to do something different for our relationship even if that means that one of us goes our separate ways i think that's for the better yeah i can see that one of the one of our commenters was like it's that type of flimsy thinking that has the divorce rate so high people aren't willing to stick things out crush why don't you but are these are these people sticking are they staying when the yeah. divorces happen, yeah. when the cheating takes place, when the money is missing, when they're arguing, when they're having the, are you staying then? Yeah. I mean, mm, very good question. You know, my, question. My, my, my wife and I have had discussions in this regard, you know, you know, what if, and we both agreed that, you know, especially, you know, what, with what my, uh, my parents went through, you know, we had to wonder, you know, when the quality of life has been affected like that deeply um do we want to feel obligated to you know take care of this take care of the other person or or rather keep them alive on a ventilator or something like that and you know at the end of the day if the quality if their quality of life is not is only being maintained and not improved she doesn't want to be here i don't want to be here either i don't want to be the burden i don't know what you know you know, and I, I don't know. I, I couldn't put my marriage through that. You know, I couldn't allow that. I couldn't, I couldn't be that burden on her life. It doesn't want to be that burden on mine. Even though, in the same, in the same token, I would do anything to make her happy. But ultimately, Facts. Yeah. she would not be happy living like that. That's what she yeah. told me. And yeah. I told her I would not be happy living like that either. I will be miserable watching you take care of me every fucking day. That was not. That's not happiness. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's not happiness. We may have moments of happiness, moments of relief, yeah. but not like when you know. And, and of course, time does nothing but move forward. But when time change, when when the times change, you know, when when, when when misfortune hits you that much, you know, when it changes the whole dynamic of your daily life, you know, you're, you 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 as, as two people that really love each other, you should be able to stop and really reevaluate. Mm-hmm. You know, you know when the you know. It may sound a little pragmatic, but it's true. You know, um, I don't think my dad was ready for what my mom went through. I mean, I think we talk about growth and growing all the time. And if you're a married person, you know that your spouse, you and your spouse for that matter, are going to continue to grow, right? And I don't mean maybe not in size, but in emotion, right? Yeah, yeah. You're going to continue to grow. Spiritually. Emotionally, spiritually, you're going to continue to grow. You're not going to be the same person when you were 25 that you are at 35, 45, whatever the case is. And sometimes in the midst of that growth, you realize that you have also grown apart. Whether it's because of the circumstances, whether it's because you're no longer compatible, there are so many different situations that would cause people to not only to to separate in a marriage right because once again and i'm going to reiterate it my wife and i when we had this conversation about whether or not we could 
be in this woman's position to sacrifice everything over the course of 20 years we both said we did not know 100% that we could do that to sacrifice the physical intimacy to take on all the financial responsibility all of those things for over 20 years and to be doing that I know we know what we feel but we can't say we're 100% certain you just don't really know you don't you don't know you don't know but it's not even and it's not even I know because my man's scrotum is the size of it is that we immediately go to the sexual dynamic right yeah that the was physical, that was another thing we, a lot of people were upset we, that we were talking about the intimacy part but it's a huge yeah, part but i think on that particular broadcast we did reiterate that it's deeper than the sexual, the sexual component yep. and it's not just the sexual component like i don't i don't think that is such a high priority as we have maybe come across in this broadcast that is such so heavy i think it's the other aspects of it it's the fact that this woman no longer has her own identity within the marriage her identity literally is connected to him in every capacity that you possibly can think of from her working emotionally she has to schedule her day around his needs not even just a sexual component so you're talking about for 20 years this woman this person this human being has denied herself and sacrificed everything and you mean her, to tell me this man freedom, one time freedom, ain't stay her freedom, her freedom literally she's a she's a captive like he freedom. didn't tell her like yo babe i, like, I love think you. about it she can't go on a trip by herself or go take a walk without saying hey no and i mean i i get it even in, in a functioning quote-unquote healthy relationship you have those conversations and work around each other's schedules but there there's in this instance there is no level of flexibility so if she wanted to say hey i just need to get away for a week and decompress he's going to be in the house like okay who's going to bathe me who's going to hold gonna my nuts for a week Like who 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 who's who gonna wrap that girl? Who's gonna wrap that Who's going to wrap the girls? Who? Like who's gonna wrap the girls around my nuts for a week? Because you have to change that at least for every four You have to change it. You have to change it consistently. At least four or six hours. Um the video The video on Instagram also got a lot of love because Bill's facial expressions set people off in that motherfucker. Like, Phil looked like he wanted to say, somebody was like, Phil looked like he wanted to run off camera and not be part of this conversation. <laughs> he said he saw this man's gauze wrapped nuts and was ready to, <laughs> was ready to blouse. <laughs> See, I want the listeners to understand what we have to endure because we had no idea that our screen was going to be bombarded hey, by a white man's man. nuts on the screen. Like, he didn't send us a text and say, yo, man, tomorrow night, we're going to have this white dude's nuts on the screen, so be ready. He didn't send that text. That should have been, been the script, man. Like, that should have been the beforehand. That should have been the show one. <laughs> we were sitting here having a conversation, and all of a sudden, we see a white man with really large nuts on the screen. So we're like, oh, pause first. 
let's why are we having this discussion like why are we here can we have this discussion without the visual yes. this is why i hate you because i literally i hate both of you motherfuckers so much because i know specifically that i said listen you're about to see some shit i know i said that shit is about to see some shit Seeing some shit and seeing white man large balls. <laughs> completely you're gonna get substitute shit with nuts. You're gonna <laughs> see some nuts. Like really? Like, nuts? A lot of nuts. Who's nuts? Like, who's nuts? Why am I seeing nuts? <laughs> why am I seeing white nuts? Like why, why am I seeing nuts? large white nuts? Why these nuts? Like, like large, why? well, why, why these? Why, why these? We could have had, a, we could have had, you know, uh, you know, a little, little, little prep time, a little conversation. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's why Crush's face looked like that. Yeah. Was like he was appalled. I, 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 I apologize. I mean, if I, I apologize, I would have. You would clutched him. <laughs> like my man, like my man is constantly clutching his pearls. Like, yeah. I mean. Oh, right. I mean, the amount of hang low did it wobble to and fro. <laughs> but you see, my he's and the, your boy. I'm talking like we, like I said, we got a lot of comments about this, and people were not only enamored about how big this dude's nuts are, which is obvious, but at the same time, we're like, like, what stopped him from taking better care of himself? Why it took so long? And I think we did a very good job of explaining what the inhibitors were for him not to be able to take care of himself and as much as we have made this a question about being in his wife's position i don't know if i could have been in his position and waited that long to do something or to be in that relationship because of the type of turmoil or issues that it caused now listen black men don't like black men don't like going to the doctors we That's do not but it's a couple of reasons we will go to the doctor automatically and one of them is if there's a problem with the dicker balls we're there right away that's yeah. true that's no that we're making an appointment you're taking time off work for that shit. you you got a very good point about that very good point very good point but the thing about it i saw some pictures and i know what crush is about to say saw pictures of him earlier or when he was younger and he wasn't that big he was a hefty dude, but he wasn't that, that big at all. And then his condition caused him not to be able to do things because he's always in pain, apparently. And after that period, he just started putting on a whole bunch of weight. But I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I, I know it's, it must be hard, you know, but I mean, gosh, I can't. I mean, are there any developments on the medical side? since all the story has broke out dude and he apparently it's like after after his documentary a whole bunch of other folks start coming on like yeah i got the same shit nigga oh, so mean, this yeah, a bunch of bunch of folk a bunch of folks my guy yeah, it's a big dude, world man one thing one thing world. that i dude one thing that i learned though apparently there's a brother in nevada like a, a, a dude a black a, a black brother <clears throat> in nevada that has the same situation Damn. and apparently he and the doctor in the documentary later confirmed it but if he was struck somehow in his nuts he was essentially hit in his groin and the pain was so excruciating that he passed out like that's how hard he got hit mm -hmm. he said by a couple of days after the fact them joints had swollen up and he has the same exact i have pain. heard about injuries like this that I they, thought that say, was fake. They, they say that it's some kind of hyper reaction in, with, with some uh 
because like uh, something with the blood. And, yeah, um, he said it's well to try to try to protect it, dog. He said enzymes, it happens. It's like there's some hyper reaction to the body. Like the body reacts too, too, like too intensely yeah, to, uh, yeah. to an injury. Like over, yeah. it, it, it overcompensates for the injury. Yeah, it won't stop. Yeah. It won't stop compensating. It compensates. Yeah, compensating. exactly. Like it's almost, Listen, a, it's almost a genetic problem. This dude, this this dude in Nevada, he's to the point that. He doesn't. He can't wear regular pants. So what does he do? He takes hoodies and he wears hoodies as trousers. Like he, like I'm trying to tell you, like he, he's had to be as innovative as possible to try and compel for his condition. It's, it's fucking crazy, man. But enough, enough about motherfuckers nuts. Let's go. Yeah, that's 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 it exactly. Why you got? Why you always gotta be that dude, nigga? Why you always gotta be that dude? Okay. Count your blessings. All right. Enough about niggas nuts. Let's go ahead and move on to Russia, dog. I know that's not a good segue, but let's go ahead and move on to Russia. Oh man. Uh, So first off, I want to start off with the conversation to explain to folks that you cannot trust with mainstream media is saying about what is taking place in russia the reason why you can't trust it is because these mainstream media networks all have a particular agenda they have a desire to have a certain perspective put out there so when you see articles and things about russia via mainstream media is being painted as if russia's just an aggressor alone uh they have no they're just being horrible people towards ukraine ukraine has no responsibility here and of course the u.s is jesus right it's this narrative that is being painted so i'm seeing things on social media where people are watering down the conflict and saying things like, well, let me explain to you in these terms what is taking place in Ukraine. I think that's a bad idea. I think we as a people can do a better job of understanding what is taking place. So I'm going to give you a a little background, then we're going to talk about what has been taking place uh, in the past couple of days. The tensions have been simmering for years in Russia, right? in Ukraine and Russia. Tensions spilled over in 2014 when the United States supported a coup against the democratic elected government of this dude named Viktor Yakovic, right? Don't know how to pronounce his last name, but we're going to call him Vic in 2014. And this is one of a number of coups that the Obama-Biden administration pulled during their eight years. Many people in Ukraine but particularly in the more Russia-speaking parts, the eastern Ukraine, that had overwhelmingly supported this democratic election, rejected the new coup government, said it was illegitimate. But in response to that, you Rewind, know, rejection. Back that up, back, back that up say that one more time. The eastern, oh. the folks, the Russian-speaking parts of the eastern Ukraine gotcha. who had overwhelmingly supported Vic right rejected this new yeah. government they, they called it yeah they called it illegitimate but in response that new government that coup government that had was majority you know extreme right-wing neo-nazis 
decided to attack the people in the East. So in another words, the government in Ukraine, the new government attacked its own people. So you had this infighting taking place within Ukraine, right? So we got real wild, but again, these are Russian speaking people in this part of Ukraine, right? So they had a connection to Russia, but also it gets even wilder. And I think this is where people get kind of lost in the dialogue, that we don't have this fleshing out of it. Many people in the country, right, as a result of the military assault by the new government, the two regions in the east, Donskits and Lahanskits, probably fucking their name up, but you'll get it. You if are. you see it, you'll read it. Lugats. Broke away. They, say it again. Lugats is one of them. And Lugats. They broke away from Ukraine and declared themselves as independent. Go ahead. So I'm going to not necessarily say push back, but we do need to take a look at how history has played a role. So all of these things didn't just happen out of nowhere, right? Exactly. Sure. All of these things with Ukraine in terms of the coup with Viktor Yanukovych, that is true. Many people called him a puppet of the Ukraine because he was pro-Moscow. So Who I can understand. People? Well, the European Union, the United States, so on. But he was pro-Moscow. So let me ask you a question. If he's pro-Moscow and you already know that since the fall of the Soviet Union in 91 and when Ukraine got its independence or not independence became a sovereign place in 94 that Vladimir Klitsch, uh, uh, um, Vladimir Putin has always said that he wanted to reunite the, uh, the United Soviet States of Russia. It doesn't and make don't forget the last sense. part. Don't keep the last part out. He wants to reunite them, but he also has wanted to keep Ukraine out of what? The NATO the EU and NATO. That's that's true. Yes, that's true. Very very important component because. But why does he want to keep them out of NATO though? Well, why do I believe he wants to keep them out of NATO? Please, I because mean, he's not I because I believe I believe NATO is a U.S. backed security force that is part of the U.S. United States's. It fits the United States agenda. So I think that's been part of the, the, the real the rhetoric that came out before the unpacking took place, right, was that <laughs> the United States has been antagonizing Russia for a number of years for a number of reasons. They decided to go over to Ukraine, bring some folks over there, start training some of Ukraine's folks, go to the Ukrainian-Russian border and post up shop. Right. So Russia's like, hold up, time out. What are you doing? Why are you doing this? And that's where people, I think, begin to say, oh, shit, this shit is escalating without having a deeper understanding of what had taken place years. And I'm only given from 2014. Like, yeah, again, we can yeah. go. Yeah, we can go back to World War Two. We can go back to World War One and talk about all of this and how it has played a role. But I think what I want people to do, I don't even want people to take my word for it, right? Because I want people to really begin to ask the difficult questions about what is taking place and not just assume that Russia happens to be the big bad wolf that is literally terrorizing poor Ukraine and completely alleviating and leaving out of the conversation the United States involvement and more specifically NATO's involvement here. 
because the United States has been largely antagonistic to what has been taking place with Russia. Now, again, this is not a motherfucking defense of Russia. It's not a motherfucking defense of Ukraine. And it's definitely not a defense of the United States. It's in order to have the full conversation, we got to put all of the pieces in. And in this particular instance, this shit has gotten so out of control that you have two nuclear-powered giants about to engage in some deadly-ass warfare involving the United States and Russia. Not just talking about what Russia is doing within the Ukraine now. And again, the Ukraine government is not the greenest government. It has some shit going on. It would also... I think that's... that's, I mean, that's true, but every government has its its issues. And I mean, you gotta battle those... So how come we're battling... that's a that's a totally different question. That's a no. totally different question. Whether Ukraine has its issues is one thing. Why the Agreed. United States feels that it Why? needs to step in and take care of it is a totally different thing. Yeah, that's that's, that's the conversation. Question. That's the bigger that's, that's the, the conversation. conversation. That's, that's, that's the, the conversation. conversation. That's the bigger conversation. Crush, go ahead, man. No, that is my main question. You know, what, what is you know aside from the sanctions that, that everyone's trying to pile on here. Um, yeah, this uh, this situation is definitely going to spun way out of control. But to get, I, I do want a fuller understanding of the history here and uh, of what, uh, what, what, was truly at, what was truly at stake. Because it seems like a lot. It's, it looks like infighting to a lot of people. But sure. you know, but the but the stance that the rest of the world the world is taking is what seems to seems to be maybe calming people down or getting them riled up at the same time. So this is my understanding of it, and I could be completely wrong, so we need historians to come in and lay lay some things down for us if we are historically inaccurate. The Please. way I understand it to be, right, is that Ukraine, after the, after the coup happened and they deposed Viktor Yanukovych, that the folks in East, like Elgin has already alluded to, the Russian-speaking, because you know that border is right there beside Russia. The mm-hmm. Russian-speaking Ukrainians in Donetsk and Lugansk said, "We don't believe that he should have been deposed. Why? Because they are more pro-Russian than the remaining Western Makes part sense. of sure, the sure. Ukraine." So, understandable. So, what ended up happening is that they said they were going to separate themselves; that they were going to claim their sovereignty from the remainder of Ukraine. To sure. which the Ukrainian government, Viktor Zelensky, what? said, nah, we're not Ooh, having that. And nah, they sent armed forces into the East to, <coughs> quote, stop or quell rebels and separatists from seceding from the rest of Ukraine. Okay? When that happened, those separatists said, hey, Russia, we need y'all help. And Putin said, all right, I'm going to be there. The, the messed up part is that two things. Once they cried out to Russia and said that Vladimir Putin, come on and come step inside the house and come help us that's out. That's exactly what he wanted. Zelensky, that's exactly what he wanted. And then Zelensky, because we know how the United States has become the world's guard dog or the world's police, called out to, at that time, I think it was the Obama administration, was like, yo, uh, yeah, there's some shit about to pop off. If you guys don't forget, in 2016, Crimea was there. Crimea is the peninsula between Ukraine and Russia. And it's supposed to have its own sovereignty within itself, right? Sure. And Russia came in and swooped in that border and started taking things over. Like I said, this is what Vladimir Putin wanted. Yeah, he wanted it. 
And he wanted it, and and again, uh, to be clear, this is not a defense of Putin, but no, I think no, it's no, really no, no. it's really important to understand that for three months, Putin attempted to negotiate. He attempted to negotiate and explain his safety concerns about the troops amassing to the borders. It wasn't as if he was just sitting back on some rubbing his hands type. You shit. don't think Did so? He want? Oh, no, 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 no. Why, why would I think? But, but, why would I think that? Isn't his ultimate objective the USSR? The USSR? That's what I'm saying. That's the ultimate objective, right? It is. But his I don't think his ultimate objective is war. Like, I think he wants USSR, but I don't think he wants war to be the objective. I don't know, man. You don't think he'll use war to get it? I don't know. I think at this point in time, he is. At this point in time, he's willing to. I think he's willing to go to war to get his. But I don't think initially that he was willing to go go to war. No, No, that go to war with the U.S. in order to get Ukraine. I don't think that's. No, I don't don't, don't know. I think think Vladimir Putin's always shown himself to be about the shits. Let's let's keep it all the way. Okay. Oh yeah. Well, most Russians are, bro. Most well, Russians are. That's that's very. Yeah, you know, Russians. Uh, but anyway, that's, yeah, a, that's the, a the women too. <laughs> but the, once he had an opportunity to come into the eastern part of the Ukraine, he didn't immediately go to the eastern border of Ukraine. Though he sent troops to the south and to the north, so that already told you that he had a game plan ahead of time. So that's my whole thought. Is like, okay, if. If he's really trying to negotiate, was he really trying to negotiate, or was he just biding time See, and to set a, up the peace? I don't know, but I, I have a, a if if my enemy right if my enemy starts sending troops to the country that's on my border, right? I, I got to do some. I got to get prepared. Some and again, I think that's part of the conversation because in America, right? In America in general. Russia, there is heavy Russian, anti-Russian, anti-communist, anti-China propaganda that we are often pushed with. So anytime you have a conversation surrounding Russia and China and communism, it's immediately that most people will take up this position that they're wrong, right? That they're wrong based off of that years of propaganda. And I dig it. And And again, we're not taking sides here. None of us on this panel want some motherfucking war to break out because Correct. if dumb motherfuckers go to war, shit gets crazy for <laughs> everybody. For every fucking right. So, but the problem that I think we all have is making sure that the conversation and the discussions around this particular topic gets hashed out and fleshed out as this, much as need, possible. this need to be barbershop barbershop conversation this should be the conversations that we're currently having in the barbershop to understand what is taking place there and not only what's taking place there how that is shit affects black working class people right here in motherfucking america because baby listen the number the the highest recruited people to the U.S. military in the United States are poor working class whites and blacks. Black people are recruited at a rate of, I think, two to one for poor working class whites. So it's it's not un, it's not a far stretch to say that somebody you know is going to be affected by this in some capacity. I have homeboys already that are already getting orders talking about they need to get on ships now. Get ready. Already? 
Oh, oh yeah. Dude, we got 80,000 yes. over there now. Is it, is it the United States part of NATO? Yes. Yeah. yeah. They've got to they're do move, something. They're moving, they're moving troops now? But we thought they've already moved. They're making strategic moves already. No one has engaged <laughs> yet. Because not Vlad, us. When no one's, when no one's not in up. Ukraine, exactly. no one's in yeah. Ukraine yet. No, 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 no. There aren't any boots. No, 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 no. We have troops in Ukraine. We have NATO, no, we ain't going. NATO troops. There are NATO troops now. Not U.S. troops. Not not U.S. designated troops. NATO troops. As Come far on, as oh. I know. No, as Come far as oh. there is, there is a strong distinction because what does that mean? That is a full-on declaration of war. If you have U.S. troops. In, Agreed. Not NATO troops. And I think that would literally be the distinction that would be made. As long as they're in NATO uniform, they can say that American troops. But if no one should think for a moment that we don't have American troops on, on the ground in Ukraine, whether it's NATO uniforms or otherwise, I think, and again, the, the bigger point is that we're not debating that. The point is that poor working class folks are going to be affected by this in ways that we got to begin discussing. I know we talk about how gas prices go up and all those things. Those things are important, right? We're already mm -hmm. struggling to fucking pay gas. Gas mm -hmm. is already mm -hmm. high as hell. But when we start sending our men and women to this particular war or conflict, bro, this is not going to be the Middle East. This is this is not that. Yeah. This is not to sit there and, and to wait for twenty years. This is going to get real, Bruh, this, real fast. This, this gets real quickly. Yeah, you know, you, you know yeah. I, this makes me think back to makes me have a sudden call back to that earlier story about that Spotify executive and his investment mm. in, in, in drone technology and. Mm. And isn't isn't he Russian or Ukrainian? He's one of the two. I, I know one he's, of them. European, he's one of those uh, joints. Yeah. yeah. He's one of those Slavic. He's one of those Slavic, and I don't mean that insultingly. I think really. Think oh no, no, we don't mean that. If Slavic background, we gotta just anyway. be, be aware, man. Be aware yeah. of the grind, yeah. man. No, Cass had, I think Cass had a memo. About no, that. no, you, you, you right. Memo in, in the industry, different right. industries, maybe a few months ago to get ready to cake up. Yeah, because well, listen, Russia wants market Ukraine, and yep. NATO wants Ukraine too. So yeah. Well, the market even took a crash. This week, yep. because of the really? fear of it, everything everything's falling. We already got inflation on on the horizon now, so gas prices is about to jump. If you thought gas prices was high before, whew. anyway. All right, man, crush. What we got on deck next, man? Uh, well, I did find an interesting article that uh, is kind of a you know a growing chorus, I believe, amongst the uh, you know, parents I know and, and other educators. But there, there's a study from there's an article in the Washington Post saying that African Americans are saying that the teaching of Black history is under threat, and that uh, you know this year, uh, you know, Sun according to the article, a certain clouds is, is hanging over Black History Month because laws or directives of at least 13 states are, restri are restricted what can be taught and how it can be discussed. Uh, black teachers of history and social studies feel everything they do or say is under a microscope now. Many are playing it safe and pulling back. Uh, but black parents and students who want more, not less, are alarmed that schools in so many states are skirting the breadth of black American experience. Um, I, uh, you know, the, you know, the, the, the brazenness with these efforts is uh, beyond, beyond the pale. Um, 
for me. Uh, they're infuriating. Uh, it's, it's it's hard to believe uh, that this is even uh, even even happening at this point. But uh, what do you gentlemen think? I already already saw the writing on the wall from Jump Street. Once all the CRT stuff, especially came, you know with the, your children in school, you know I mean. Once all the CRT stuff started coming down the pipeline, I already saw the writing on the wall. That's their way to get rid of Black History Month, to get rid of talking about Black history in school, period, because of this quote-unquote fear of white guilt. Isn't that what D'Angelo calls it? No, not D'Angelo. Dr. D'Angelo, excuse me, not, not the singer, nigga. But the, the fear... You can, call her, you can call her ass D'Angelo, though. Go ahead. <laughs> but the the fear of white fragility. The, the white fragility. Like the, They don't want their kids to be impacted by this white guilt. And the fact of the matter is if you can't separate your white guilt from actual historic events and how they impacted culture formed the United States. That says a lot. How do you think black people for how many years since then, right? When the only thing you've ever heard is that you were not part of the society that you built up. You know, so I, I, like I said, I saw the I saw the writing on the wall as soon as these arguments started to arise. And now there's states across, well, I won't say states, there are municipalities across the country in one form or another that are attempting to vote, if not have voted on, ways to punish teachers for teaching material that could be considered CRT. So how far, how deep does that conversation go? Can you not talk about Ruby, uh, Ruby Bridges? Can you not talk about uh, Martin Luther King's letter from the Birmingham jail. Can you not talk about any of those things without someone feeling some sort of way and meaning that you got to scrap all of that shit? Like, I, well, I mean, uh, apparently they want an aspirational, inspirational take on America's history that will de debunk the misguided argument that present day problems of black Americans are caused by the injustices of past failures such as slavery. <laughs> That's that. That's that whole native. That's that whole narrative of American exceptionalism. That you can go oh everywhere, regardless of where you go, where regardless of where the United States goes, they do no wrong. It's one of the reasons why we've built up this mythos about the United States being the police of the world because of American exceptionalism. That wherever we go, we fix things. Which well, we can we barely fix people. ourselves. Well, well, they like they like to fix themselves through denial. You know that that's that's the that's, that's the band aid that's a cure all for for, uh, for 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 the general white psyche. To, you know, to that's that's pretty much what it boils down to. Go ahead, L. Because <sighs> <laughs> here I feel a couple of different ways about it. Right, I feel that this is standard white procedure. Right, this is what white people do when white people feel threatened. Right, I don't think it has. I understand what what O is saying about the white fragility component and, you know, their white guilt. I don't think white people have white guilt, right? I don't think that's what the fuck it is. I think white people who are in positions of power make these decisions to maintain and sustain their power in any opportunity they can take to push the limits to gain more power and use things like CRT as a crutch to gain that power. I think ultimately that's what they're doing. 
we should have been prepared or more prepared for this. Now, I know there's some difficulty with doing that because of the way the economy is set up that many of our people, working class folks, are dependent upon public school systems or charter schools, whatever fuck it is, to babysit our children, to watch our children throughout the day so we can go to work. But at some point in time, we as a people have to take responsibility for our history in our own hands, right? And I think a large part of it is most of us don't know our actual history. So the same shit, because we've been taught the same shit, we haven't stepped outside of what we have been taught within PWIs, white control schools to dig deeper into our history. So, and if we did, we wouldn't be so concerned about what these motherfuckers is doing because we know at the crib, our daughters and sons already know who Ruby Bridges is. So I can't really be upset with them for not teaching them these things. I don't have the expectation that they would teach it. No, 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 no. You can't hold, hold. I don't have the expectations for them to teach it. And it's my responsibility to make sure that I teach my kids my history and not depend on the people who have largely been the enemies of my people to teach my people the actual history. Listen, like, why the fuck would you expect I, I, that? I don't, I don't, no, no, no. I don't, I don't disagree with the fact that you with you saying not to have expectations of white people to satisfy the need that we have to learn our history. Okay. Sure. But I see, I feel like in some instances we have not necessarily, we're talking from a position of privilege. And this is what I mean by that. This is in, many, good. in many instances, we do not as adults, many African-American people, many black people in this country don't know their history. Then you talk about I a said lower. That. Sure, I agree. You, you did. Sure. And then you have a sure. low, a working class group of people that don't Absolutely. have the opportunity or the time to be able to teach completely. So then it just it, then it becomes it becomes cyclical. So if your focus is bringing food into the house, keeping the lights on, keeping the place heated, and you're working two and three jobs, when do you have time to do? To, to necessarily fill in the educational gap that the school is leaving behind. I think, I think that, that I'm not when we're reviewing our kids' homework, we can be doing that. Dude, you're, you're, you're making an assumption that folks got that, dude. But not you know a, what, though? Not, but, we know, but we know tons of folks in the but, street that don't, that that's the case, that they run the streets because I, 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 they I are out. You get what I'm saying? I'm not saying yeah, that it's yeah, not possible. Yeah. I'm not saying it's not a necessity. I'm not saying so, they shouldn't. But we are at in those instances that the energy should be shifted then is from fighting we can those other folks and turn inwardly. How can we repair the holes in our hull in order to make sure that we stop fucking sinking further and further and further down? Understood. How do we rectify that? that? But that's that, that. Go ahead, Rush. I think now with this particular situation, you're right. We should, we should definitely always take responsibility for imparting our, our our history, our culture in full to our children. That should definitely be a part, a natural part of your family mm -hmm. structure. But I think this adds an additional layer of lessons for your children. Mm -hmm. Because now there's a mm -hmm. whole segment of your school, That's of your life, history. of your life now that is being taught a very specific thing about you. Yep. How about you? 
Not, so how do we combat that? Not, not, yep. So you have to prepare your kids for a bunch of dumb yep. motherfuckers out there. Yeah. Now, yeah, yeah. now, now, my wife disagreed with this other part because I believe as I've already seen the response to it, right? Because you know, it's not like you know back in the '80s where they could do these things in the dark and we find out 15 years later they're happening in real time. So there's a certain segment of white kids who are reacting to it in real time too. You see them on TikTok mm-hmm. with the whole history lessons accurate, you know, with the biographies and and everything. And I'm like, this is what's this is what this is what's going to happen. You try to tell these kids not to find something. You try to tell you want to hide something from them. A certain amount of them are gonna are gonna react to that shit, you know, and and impart that. I mean, granted, it may be a small number, but maybe it's more than we think. You know, I'd like to think that anyway. That, that there's a certain say when you tell kids, any kid, not to do something. It may seem a little pragmatic, even a little basic to a certain extent. But the reaction I've yeah. seen from you know graduate students, white graduate students, white high school students, even down to these little elementary school guys who are trying to say, you know, I don't want to be, I don't want to, I don't want to be taught to look at my friends a certain way. So he started finding shit out for himself and said, this is what they don't want to tell me now. This is what they don't want to tell yeah. me. You know, there's certain kids, certain white kids that are reacting that way. I'm not saying it's going to be a rash of them, but. Yeah, no, no, I, and again, I am not nearly as optimistic about this situation as I may come across. I am way more pessimistic and feeling way more hopeless, hopelessness than I give off because mm. I see how bad it is out in these streets when it comes to us understanding us. I see how we regurgitate white supremacist, white conservative, white Western Christian rhetoric about us on a daily. I see how we get divided by other people's ideas continuously. And it's like, damn, if you had some, if you had our idea in the middle there, you wouldn't fall victim to their ideas. But again, that's part of the plan and the plot. As long as you have people on the bottom scratching and surviving, they don't have the time or the willpower or the energy to or the, res- or the resources or the resources to educate themselves. So what happens in those cases? We're ultimately getting to a position where we're depending on those folks in some other way. They don't have their Whether best interest yet to do it. Then it's, the, then it's the white liberal. Then it's yeah. the nonprofits. We're, we're always it. in this position. Yeah, we fuck, we're relying man. On, we fuck. Yeah, we're relying on it. And what I'm what the thing that gets me annoyed is where you hear a lot of our quote unquote woke brothers and sisters that say, Well, now is the time when we need to start homeschooling our kids, right? And I'm like, that's a that's a fantastic idea for those people privileged with the opportunity to do that. It's not like when, you, when both parents are working two jobs each and you need both jobs. To survive in the household, even if you're going to get to homeschool your chill your children, bro. Even if, like Crush said, even if you work from home, bro, motherfuckers is. If you haven't graduated, if you haven't graduated high school, how the fuck you going to teach somebody else? You say like the requirements for homeschooling per state is different per county. And, and you then you got to add in the expenses for the resources. Like how many people wanted? Ask how many people wanted to do it. And we're legally prohibited from doing so. Bruh, it's and, and again on paper. I don't know what we are to do in the face of these things because there's so and it's again, 
this is not an anti-white rant because we got the blackness leadership class, the black bourgeoisie, the black gatekeepers who who are sitting there propagating these very same things who don't want us to be having this type of thing. And then again, the other side of it is most of these schools don't have black folks in them to be teaching the black history in the first place. So when you look at the lack of black men specifically, yeah, that's a big thing. Who's going to teach the black history? Are we going to leave it to Susan and Tom to teach it? I'm just saying because, you know, we, we go through this whole, I mean, before criteria, I mean, we were seeing it all across the country with this whole CRT thing. Before oh, yeah. any curriculum gets approved, it goes through a panel of people to have to accept it. So that's one of the reasons why we continue to get these quote unquote watered down versions of what black history looks like. Right. Like I said, I don't I don't know how we necessarily fix it, because once again, you have the quote unquote white liberals on one end. You have the black gatekeepers on another end. And then you have those conservatives that don't want to really do anything anyway, that are always going to propagate or pull up these straw men like CRT that keep things, general things from being able to be discussed in a meaningful way. There's no reason why my kids should have to go to, there's no reason. And I mean, I'm an active parent in my children's education. I know that there are other parents that don't necessarily have the privilege or the luxury to be as active as I am. But at the end of the day, there's no reason why I should pay my tax dollars for my kids to go to school to learn about only Martin Luther King from January through end of February. There's a whole lot more about black people, black history in the United States. Talk less about across the diaspora that have happened to black people that our children should be learning. But once again, like Elgin said, we can't expect these folks to fill in the gaps for us because it's not their duty, their responsibility. They don't feel they don't feel that itch to necessarily do that. So that's why you know the American experiment is still an experiment. You know, it's never going to, it's never going to bear fruit. You know, you want you want everyone to be concerned for their for their fellow man, but we <laughs> we, we live in a own, country full of individualism. You used to own your fellow man. Why do you have to give a fuck? You and individualism is running is it's, bruh, individualism is the religion of America. It is the religion, like. Mm. We don't have a community mindset. We barely have a community mindset. I mean, never mind. Go ahead, O. No, we, we, we're good. We're good, man. All right. Right about now is the time when we'd like to give you little tidbits of news or words of wisdom that you can take with yourself into the week. Crush, what's up, man? Oh, uh, man. Uh, not much, really. I just want to, you know, remind people that, uh, you know, me and mine got a great documentary out on the history of DC hip hop. And we have some great records out called Crush. And Amphibians Volume 2, Heavy Water. Please enjoy. Elgin, what's up, man? Hey, man. Uh, again, the past couple of weeks, we've been talking about the Ukraine situation. I just want people to be knowledgeable. I really want people to begin to engage the uncomfortable, not even if it's just Ukraine. I want you guys to begin having the uncomfortable conversations, whether it be death, religion, sex, marriage. Let's begin to make those uncomfortable conversations a part of our daily lives. We may not never get comfortable with them, 
But damn it, we got to remove the stigma and the sting from them to begin to grow in a more rapid rate than we have been. That's all I got. I appreciate it. Uh, what's up for me this week is actually a story that came out recently from a, a man who will be turning 70. He actually turned 70 this week. Vincent Simmons in 1974 was convicted of raping two twin teenagers in Louisiana. He spent over 40 years in prison and was just recently released from prison because it was finally determined that he did not have a fair trial to begin with from Jump Street. So much evidence was left off the table and out of uh, the defense's hands when he went to trial. And because it was racist Louisiana during the, the early 70s, no one wanted to hear this dude. And for 40 plus years, he has had, he has claimed his innocence. There was a period in time actually where they were going to release him maybe five years ago, I believe. And they said they would release him, but if they released him, that he would be released and he would have to sign up or register as a sex, defend, a sex offender. And he said, no, I'm not going to do that because I didn't do it. I'm not. He said, I'd rather stay in jail than to be released and be registered as a sex offender. So the th reason why this sits home with me or why it hit me at that is because I saw a documentary maybe seven, eight nine years ago about Louisiana State Correctional Facility called Angola. Over Angola. 90, over 90% of the prison population there in that prison is there for 40 plus or more years. That's where they send you when you not come back. And I saw this dude there then talking about his story and I was like, wow. And it, it hit me because I was like, I didn't know dude was still, I mean, it sounds ignorant, but I didn't know he was still no. struggling and going through this battle. Oddly enough, one of the, one of the more interesting points is that every 10 years or every, yeah, every 10 years or so, he would come up for a review and he would bring the same information. This is what Nothing happened. New. This is what happened. This is what happened. And they would dismiss him. Every the time. judge, the judge that allowed him to go free today, his father, 20 years earlier, had dismissed him, had dismissed him from this case and said that now that he should Simmons should still be in jail. So today the gentleman said, I don't know if you're guilty or not guilty. I want to make sure I'm very clear about that. But I don't think it can be argued that you did not have a fair trial. So I'm going to go ahead and release you because of that and give the state the opportunity to retry you. And the district attorney in this case said they were not going to retry him. He is free to go. So after four to four plus years, 70 years old, Vincent Simmons is now free from jail. They asked him, what you going to do with your life now that you're free? And he said, I'm moving out of Louisiana. I want to find somewhere else to start over. I can't blame the dude. Man. One of the most interesting things also, I think that was part of that conversation of the report that I saw was that they asked him, does he bear any, because both of these two women that he apparently that he allegedly raped are the twins they were 14 at the time and they to this day say that he raped them he they asked him do you hate them he said i nah i don't i can't i can't i can't allow that to 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 be part of my makeup yeah because hate gives them power not even just hate <laughs> think of 
Ooh, I hate him. Can, can you can you honestly? I, me, I mean, it's I'm hard not to still a, hate listen, them, but it does. as a black man oh, yeah. sitting on the outside looking in, I I couldn't be that guy. But he said he it was only one of the only things that allowed him to survive because the hate would have eaten him up over the course of those forty years. He's seventy years old. He's got I a mean, lot more wisdom and growth than I do. So I would definitely be I would definitely be very angry. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. But the hate, man, that shit will eat you up. Crush, where can people find you if they want to find you, man? Man, find me on Instagram at SP Methods. Um, please come to my, uh, my site, www.amphibians.com. You can catch my work on the documentary there, as well as several of my other written works and all my other various projects. All right. L, where can folks find you? First off, man. I want you motherfuckers to stop being scared and run into O every time you got something to say about something that we don't hear. Stop being scared at Elgin Bailey. I promise you, I won't cuss you. I won't treat you dirty. I'm not that dude. I only literally cuss three people out, and one of them happens to be on this Friday. <laughs> the rest I of y'all solidarity. Know yeah, really. I'm not. I'm nice to everybody else. Yeah, that's, that's I, I, people did at Elgin Bay. There were people yeah. from our Patreon that did say that you keep complaining about me cultivating this narrative of you being a bad guy when you feed into that shit. You feed it like a like a like what did they say? Like a a, a a pig at the sloth or the trough or whatever they call that. Pig at the oh, trough. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I really don't want to talk to y'all, motherfuckers. I mean, so I gotta play that narrative that I'm an asshole to keep y'all. Like, Sometimes you, just, you gotta do what you gotta do, man. Gotta I'll do make that sacrifice. <laughs> I'm Big O, Mister In the Black himself. You can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at mr underscore in the black. And I want to thank you guys once again for joining us for another incredible episode of the In the Black podcast you could have been anywhere else but you chose to stick it out with us here and we appreciate it make sure you follow us across social media at in the black pdcst on facebook twitter and on instagram come on over to our patreon you will not regret it but as always until next time informed intelligent in the black in the black peace peace This is, this is the In The Black Podcast. In The Black, bro. Hands down, one of the best podcasts I ever heard, though. I like y'all. what up? I read a black coffee, Bretchen. Listen. In The Black Podcast, think your lad is all facts. He don't like that, the fault fact. In The Black Podcast, don't talk trash. Switch fast if you ain't wrong, then you Intelligent elements always relevant Not for the weak and delicate This is eloquent excellence We are setting the precedence Resting in my excrement In the black podcast The truth like the testament Don't know Black up he bro Man a specialist Know what the podcast broadcast Y'all mess with this Like said they my cheat Who no dweed so effortless I listen them I learn When them listen them I benefit Reporting current event Everything that is prevalent This is so exquisite The scientific experiment Giving you the news Not views without evidence Telling you the truth sentiments without embellishments Relax, these are the facts Bringing them to your residence In your house or your tenement Listen to hear intelligence Body filled with melanin Power that's so acetylene Bright in the stars Bringing some light back to the desolate
In the black podcast, that your lad is all facts. You don't like that, the fuck back. In the black podcast, they on top. Who looks at watch black up in your chat? Me can't flop. In the black podcast, that your lad is all facts. You don't like that, the fuck back. In the black podcast, we all lost. The whole of them can't, none of them can't trust. Yes, just like that, Black himself. What up, DJ? This is.